Hey, and welcome to another uh, Excuse You Moment with Lady T. Today's podcast is one that um, should be inspiring and uh, uplifting as always. Today, I want to talk to you about falling down, but getting back up. The Bible lets us know a righteous man falls down uh, seven times, but he still gets up. Uh, there was a day we were at the park not too long ago. We were at the park and uh, we were fellowshipping in the park and we were all, um, you know, celebrating after service and breaking bread and eating dinner and the children. There was a play area for the kids and they were playing. And I remember um, there was a little relay race going on and uh, the kids were all lined up, you know, anticipation, who's going to win. And uh, the, the one of the sisters at the church, you know, she was counting down for them to run and surprisingly have you ever seen something like something about to happen you already know it's going to be bad so while the kids were lining up they were so bunched up I was like this somebody's going to fall you know this I already see it and um soon as she said you know on your mark get set go you know they started out running and lo and behold my son was one of the ones who tripped and just fell right I mean a lot of factors it was The line was bunched up. He had on Jordans that super heavy, not meant to play in. And um, he fell, you know. And I was like, oh, Lord, you know. Um, So he came over, obviously. You know, he had scraped his knees, scraped his arm, his hand, and was just kind of, you know, he's so cute because he was trying not to cry, but it was really, really painful. And, uh, you know, we got him all bandaged, bandaged up and, you know, you know, had him sitting down and just taking a breather and I uh, said, you know, come on, just eat. So the funny thing about that was that no matter what we did, he was like, I want to go home. And I was doing everything in my power to distract him. I'm like, okay, well, give me a minute. Let me make, you know, some of the saints some food. And he was like, okay. And then, you know, a few minutes go by and he'll call me and be like, did you make the food yet? And I'm like, no, I'm still doing other stuff. You know, I got to make my plate. And so a few minutes go by and he'll be like, have you made your plate? You know, he'll call for me and I'll come over. And I mean, everybody was tending to him. You would have thought he lost a limb. Really? I was like, dude, it's just a scrape. And, um, you know, so we were all the mothers were kind of laughing. I'm like, he's really, you know, having a minute right now. He's he's not going to be content until I take him home. And uh, so this went on for a few minutes. You know, every time I told him, well, give me a few minutes and I'll take you home. Uh, my whole objective was just to kind of, you know, let this moment, you know, the pain of it, the embarrassment of it and the, you know, the trauma of it pass. Um, let him get over it but he you know it took a little longer than I anticipated for him to get out of his feelings and uh, not to mention his sister his only sister who's the eldest practically helped raise him she uh I mean you thought she was Florence Nightingale she carried him she tended to him I mean she just was like you know it, it, it was comical how she how she just really bought into his whole you know event and um, she was carrying him and, you know, just pacifying him until he felt better. And But nothing and no one could soothe him. He just wanted me to take him home and practically to nurse him. 
But I was like, you know what? I didn't feel that was the thing to do. You know, it wasn't, again, he didn't lose a limb. He didn't have, you know, COVID. You know, it was just, it's great. I mean, my God, my legs are scraped up, arms scraped up, playing in the concrete jungle in New York City. We fell down, you know, patched ourselves up and kept it pushing. And so I think this generation, because they don't play outside and they don't scrape themselves that much when it happens, you know, they want to shut everything down. They fall down and it's like, up, oh, party's done, go home, I'm, I'm in for the day. And so I was like, now there's a lesson to be learned here. You're going to, you know, stay here and thug it out because you're going to be all right. Sure enough, enough time went by and uh, he found his way back to the playground area with the kids and... Uh, he started eventually. I looked over and he was running and playing. And uh, <laughs> then after he finished running and playing, he told his brother, you know, he started limping again and was like, oh, it hurts, right? But I, I, it's comical, but I thought about us, right? I thought about us as believers, how we um, we fall down, we fall short, you know, we we just don't always hit the mark the way we should. And... Uh, when we fall down, we have those individuals in our lives, like, you know, my daughter who may pacify us and stroke us. And, you know, I'm just using that as analogy and stroke us and, you know, soothe us and just um, console us. But they really don't push us to where we have to go. Right. They don't really. I mean, it's a time for that. Don't get me wrong. You need those that will console and comfort and are sensitive to the pain. But it's not so much just being sensitive to the fall, but it's also knowing, okay, this fall isn't unto death. You shall live. Come on and not die. So we have people like that sometimes who themselves have never recovered from a fall. So they're just stroking and, and consoling and pacifying us to a place of almost stagnation if we're not careful. Right? And then, like God, you know, even though we fall down, He's like, you're going to be okay. You got this. You know, it, this is not unto death. You can make it. Get back in the fight. Get back in the race. It, you know, it's, it's, it's life. It's life. There's going to be tragedies. There's going to be casualties of war. Sometimes those war, those casualties of war are going to leave some wounds, going to leave some scars. And a lot of times we don't like scars because they're blemish and they, they tarnish what seems like a perfect appearance. But those scars are indications that not only did we fall, but we survived. Hallelujah. Those scars are, those scars testify. Those scars testify to those moments where we stumble. Those scars testify that, you know, everything in my life may not have been perfect. Those scars testify that I stumbled along the way. I tripped up over something, maybe someone, and it caused me to be wounded, to feel, to cry, to bleed. Come on. We don't like to bleed. Nobody does because there's life in the blood and we don't like to lose any portion of our lives. Could it be that the falls that we experience, the falls that are intended for us are just, you know, um, 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 kind of like an injection and kind of a catalyst for us to, you know, look back and see that, you know what, though I fell, I got up. We focus so much on the fall that we forget to look at the fact that we got up and we didn't just get up. We got up stronger. We got up knowing, okay, not to do that again, because the experience that, um, and the lesson I should say that my son learned was, okay, one, I wore the wrong shoes. 
<laughs> I had the wrong shoes on. These weren't play shoes. And see, sometimes we go out, go out in life and we do life with the wrong armor on. Right. You supposed to fight and you got on, you know, play clothes. You supposed to fight. We in the army of the Lord and you got on entertainment clothes. So when you have on the wrong gear, you're susceptible to fall. There's a lesson in knowing what to wear. And so he learned that I can't I can't wear these type of shoes and expect to, you know, participate in physical activity because these shoes are just flossing shoes. These shoes are just profiling shoes. These are Jordans. Whoop, whoop. So these are not meant to really get scuffed up, to get bent up. They're just used to, you know, you know, just kind of like, you know, showcase the, you know, you just looking fire. So. That's one lesson he learned. And another lesson he's learned, I can't be bunched up with everybody. Guess what? I need to make my own lane. I got to carve my own path. I got to stay in the race, but I got to stay in my lane so that I know next time I'm too close to you. And sometime when I'm too close, you're going to not, it may not be my fault, but you may cause me to stumble. Come on, somebody. Some people that you're too close with will actually trip you up. And so you have to make the decision. Listen, I love you. I rock with you and I got you, but I got to live my life and do my life according to the path that's been carved out for me. And so those are valuable lessons that he learned at seven. Had he not tripped and fell, he would have never known. But that scar would testify. I remember that Sunday in the park when I had on my Jordans come on somebody and I was lined up too close to Riley that I tripped and fell. Sometimes you can look at scars, amen, on a, on your body and you can recall this is when I ran into the pole. Come on, this one is when I got stung by a bee and then I fell. This one is a result of a whooping. Come on. This one I was playing on my ride of my bike and I tripped because I didn't have on my knee pads or my helmet and I tripped and I fell. I fell off of something. All of us, all of us have scars that testify to a period and a season and event and moment in our life where we, uh, by virtue of, you know, by virtue of not being prepared, not watching, not looking, you know, and just accidents happen. Accidents happen in life, you know, and they're accidents because they were not intentional. Sometimes things just happen. But even when they just happen, you learn from them. You learn from them. And so you can't live a life, you know, uh, free of accidents, free of scars. And people that try to protect their children or protect themselves or protect their mates from, you know, any effects of life. You're not building a well-rounded person. You're not raising a well-rounded individual. Just like, you know, when we're preaching the gospel, we just preach these messages of, you know, encouragement and praise and never tell you that God is good. He's faithful. He's loving. He's kind. He's slow to anger. But come on, somebody. Behold the goodness and the severity of God. He's great and he's terrible. He's a dreadful God. So you understand and you know that, guess what? It's not all peaches and creams. You're not going to frolic through the tool every time that you know what the sun ain't shining all the time you're going to experience some valleys in the midst of having mountaintop experiences you're going to experience some rain in your life even though the sun may shine you're going to experience some heartache and pain let down and disappointment but through it all he is for us he is with us and he is going to do what no other power can do if we let him 
So fall down. It's okay. Fall down. Sometimes we fall down even in our walk. There's some scars that aren't visible. There's some scars that nobody can see. I think those are the hardest to tend to. Those because you can't put peroxide on those hidden scars. Come on. You can um, put, you know, iodine and and alcohol and neosporin to kill the bacteria and germs on invisible scars. See, those scars went a little deeper. You fell down or how about this? Somebody dropped you. Yeah, yeah. Somebody dropped you and you got a bruise. So, But that bruise is internal. And it's like, how do I heal from those internal scars that testify that I've been abandoned? I've been rejected. I've been dropped. I've been ostracized and marginalized. Come on. Those internal scars are, you know, results of nobody don't know that, you know, you were a victim of racial profiling, that you got pulled over by the cops and they treated you like absolute trash. You know, there may not be a physical scar, but there's an emotional and mental scar. Right. Nobody may not know that you grew up in a household. They can't see it at first glance that you may have grew up in a household where there was verbal abuse was your meat and drink. You can't I can't see that scar, so to speak, of my visual eye. Of course, over time, your character, you'll start bleeding and hemorrhaging and we can tell that something happened. But at first glance, we can't. But it's still our assignment and duty though those scars are invisible to the naked eye they're not invisible to God and he still calls us to get back up no don't ignore them don't act like they're not there because we live in a culture where I think we perpetuate healing we're really we are still very much broken And being broken is not always bad. I'm not talking about um, being broken in a sense of humility. And, and, you know, I'm talking about being broken that, you know, your life is just a fragment, a bunch of pieces, just a jigsaw puzzle. And you're perpetrating like you look like the puzzle, like you have it all together. You know, a jigsaw puzzle, the box on the cover, it has the finished product. But inside is a bunch of pieces, missing pieces that have to be put together. A lot of us perpetrate, you know, on these social media platforms. And in life with others on our work or in ministry, you know, in in our marketplace or vocations that we have it all together. But let those that really know you testify that you just a jigsaw puzzle waiting to be put together. But the potter wants to put you back together again. But you got to be willing first to get up. Get up. It's okay to fall down. It's okay to fall down. It's nowhere, you know, in life you can keep people from falling. From babies, they fall on the floor. God have mercy. Sometimes they fall out the bed. Right? But they're learning. They're learning to walk. They fall. They stumble. Riding a bike. They, you know, uh, again, you know, teaching my son how to ride. Um, he has training wheels and he, you know, he's like, Oh, just hold on, hold on. It's like, dude, you have the training wheels. You're not going to fall, but it's the comfort of knowing that somebody got you. Can I tell you that God got you today? He's holding on to you. And even if you fall down, that doesn't mean he's not holding on to you. That's to let you know that when you get back up, I'm here. 
I can't prevent you from making decisions. I can't prevent you from making choices because our lives are sum total of our choices and decisions. Amen. He gives us free will. And so he's not going to steer our lives like a robot, but he's there to guide us if we seek him for it. So it's okay. Fall down. But don't stay there. Get back up. Get back up again. And I love that song that Donnie McClurkin sang many years ago. We fall down, but we get up. We fall down, but we get up. A saint is but a sinner who's fall down and got up. And there was a lot of controversy about that song. You know, whether it was, you know, biblically sound about a saint is not a sinner who's fallen and got back up. But there is you know truth in that because our lives were in a place a dejected fallen place and state and what separates us is from the sinners that we gave our life to Christ and when we gave our life to Christ he picked us up out of the muck and mire come on somebody and we we confessed him as Lord and Savior and as a result became a brand new soul so today I want you to get back up again if you fall down Get back up. If you've fallen down time and time again, get back up again. That's how you become successful in whatever you do. You just keep getting back up. Success doesn't mean free of failure. It just means you've overcome it. <laughs> just over, come on, overcome it. Get over it and keep on coming. Keep on, keep on coming. Keep on coming to that mark. So that's what it really is all about. Getting back up again. And guess what? Nobody's going to promise you that you're not going to bleed. You're not going to have a scar. It's not going to look unlovely. That you may have to take a little break from your normal activity. But guess what? It's okay. And you will live. And you will testify that it was good for me. <laughs> it was good to, it, it was good for me. Come on. It was just like Psalm 119, 71 says. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your statutes. It was good for me. Because had I not been afflicted, I wouldn't have known what your word says. How to be, uh, to, to watch as well as pray. I wouldn't have known what your word says. To lean not to my understanding, but acknowledge you and trust you in all my ways. It was good that I fell. Because now I know next time to seek your voice and seek your word and desire those things that you have for me and not that I want for myself. So get back up again. This is Lady T for.